say to you, um, and I know many of you do, I hope all of you do, um, I covet your prayers each Sunday. Uh, I hope that you just whisper just a little prayer uh, as as I walk up and into into the pulpit because as sometimes I'll sit in my office at home and, and I'll be studying and reading and praying and and, and I'll, I'll just sit back and say, boy, what what responsibility to stand in front of God's people. To preach the word, to preach the word best I know that. And to say exactly what we need to hear. And I'll be honest, that's a challenge sometimes. That, that's a challenge. So thank you for your prayers. Well, I want to look at a message this morning. I hope you have your hand out there. Aiming to please God. And I want to look at really just one verse today. And at the conclusion, I want to flip over to uh, back to Psalm, the book of Psalms, where, uh, chapter number 19. We'll conclude with those verses that kind of tie everything in. Aiming to please God. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the book entitled In His Steps. But this book was written long, long ago, and the author of that book is a guy by the name of Charles Sheldon. And I've read that book several times. I encourage you to read that book sometime if you like a good read. It's a short book, a little paperback, uh, if you can get that. But in that book, this is what happens, and this is kind of how I want to preface the message and, and try to get us to thinking along those lines. It's this, the author of that book writes and he tells about a congregation where the pastor challenged the congregation for one year before any decision that was made, church decision or any decision in the congregation's individual lives, before any decision was made, the question would be asked, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? I wonder, as I thought about that question this week, all often on all week, I wonder what effect that very same question would make in the life of Midway EPC and its individual members. I truly believe, uh, can I say this? I truly believe that if it began with the one that you're looking at, if it began with the pastor filtering down into the hearts and lives of the session, into the hearts and lives of Sunday school teachers, into the hearts and lives of all committee members and everybody else that's a member of Midway EPC, I truly believe that we would make it our aim to please God. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. Here it is. Reading from the New King James. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, 
to be well-pleasing to him. And then listen to verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. The word of the Lord. God, we bow before you today and we do thank you for who you are. Thank you for years and years ago how you inspired writers to write these words. Lord, not only for congregations and audiences back then, Lord, but they're very applicable to us today in our daily living. So, Lord, speak to our hearts. As we look at this message together, we pray in your name. Amen. Let me tell you about a story I read this week. Uh, a story is told about, uh, told where some, mount, some mountain hunters had played a trick on another hunter in their coon club. What they did was they lowered uh, the sight of his rifle. After they did this, of course, uh, this poor guy could not hit anything that he was shooting at. One night they were out coon hunting and he, he pulled his rifle out and he, and he shot. He just knew he had hit it. And lo and behold, guess where the bullet hit? A little bit lower than where he had aimed. Well, the guys that played this trick on them were getting a little laugh out of it under their own breath. So this one guy, the other one of the jokesters, climbed the tree, began to shake the tree, and the coon fell out of the tree, and it fell right on one of the other jokers under his head and just sat there. So the guy who had been tricked, who had, who had had his scope lowered, pulled his rifle up and began to aim at that coon that was sitting on top of his head. And of course, no telling what was going through this, my, uh, this man's mind, but he started whispering as loud as he could, Aim high! Please aim high! <laughs> man, I read that and I said, You know what? I wonder what it is in our life today that we aim at. What are we aiming at? Can, can you think about that for a minute? What are we aiming at in our life? And then it took me right back to the Apostle Paul where he said, Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to the Lord. Well-pleasing to the Lord. At work. In retirement. Young people at school. In your extracurricular activities and in our everyday life. Paul says, we make it our aim. What was Paul saying there to us, church? He said, look, it is my ambition in life. I make it my ambition to please God. That's my goal in life. I looked up that word aim in the Greek. And it's in the Greek it means to love what is honorable. To love that which is honorable. And that took me to over to the book of Philippians. I know you're familiar with this verse, but let me share it with you. Paul says here in Philippians 4 8, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, 
If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. What was Paul saying? He was saying this. He was demonstrating that in, in this verse that it is right, it is noble for a born-again believer to strive for excellence. I know and I watch these professional athletes on TV each week and they strive for perfection. They want to be the very best athlete, the very best quarterback they can be, the very best shooter in basketball they can be, the very best they can be. And I think, I wonder if they're truly striving to be the very best Christian that they can be. Paul cared about how he lived. Philippians 1.20 says, According to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the name in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us, how you ought to walk, and to please God. So, here's the question. If our aim, if our aim is to be well-pleasing to the Lord, at least, at least two things must be true in our Christian life. One, Jesus must be our example. And two, the Word of God must be our guide. Let's look first at Jesus as our example. How is Jesus our example? Well, I have it there on your hand up for you. Jesus is our example on how to please one another. On how to please one another. Well, flip back, flip back with me to Romans. The book of Romans chapter 15. And let's look at this, verses 1 and 2. We then who are strong are to, ought to bear with the scruples. Another word for scruples there are weaknesses of the weak. We're to bear with the weaknesses of the weak. And not... To please ourselves. That each of us please his neighbor for his good leading to edification. We who are strong ought to bear. This means that we're to pick up. We're to carry the weight, the burdens of those who are burdened. Who have problems in their life. And I know you say, well, I've got problems myself. How can I help someone else? Well, surely there's someone else in our life that we know that's worse off than we are. I love what Paul says in Galatians 6, 2. He says, bear one another's burdens, difficulties, problems, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then I love that next word he uses in verse 2. It talks about edification. That's, that's a fancy word for building up. For building up. We are to build up. We are to strengthen others. How many of you like to be encouraged? You, you like encouragement? I, I can say, when, I, I can honestly say, um, not not proudly to say this, but but when my son was coming up playing sports, I, I was real. I was hard on him. You know, it wasn't that it wasn't the double that he got to, to win it to drive in the winning run, but it was, just, it was the time he struck out the, the time before that. Okay? We're, we're to build people up. We're to strengthen others. Notice in verse 3 that Christ, it says, Christ did not please himself. For even Christ did not please himself. Who did he come to please? God the Father. 
God the Father. Boy, I don't know about you, but if we're to make Christ our example and Christ pleased God the Father, how much more do we need to please God the Father? So Jesus, secondly, is our example on how to love one another. How to love one another. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, folks, a lot of times I wish that verse were omitted in, the, in, in God's Word. The preacher, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Because did you realize what God is telling us and asking us to do as a believer? To be imitators of Christ. Be imitators of God. If we're Christians, let me, let me say this to us. If we're Christians today, there is no greater calling, no greater purpose than that of imitating our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And guess what? Not just at church, but when we go outside these doors every day of our life. Folks, people are watching us. People are looking at us. What is it that's different about being a believer? A, a believer. See, that's the very purpose of that fancy word sanctification. Growing in the likeness of the Lord while we're living here on earth. Our Christian life, your and my Christian life, this is why it was designed. Let me tell you why our Christian life was designed. Here we go. It's not very difficult. It's difficult to do, but it's not hard to understand. To reproduce godliness as demonstrated by the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I, I say this. As God's dear children, as a born-again believer, we are to become more and more like Christ every single day. And as we demonstrate our Lord by imitating Him, then we will be able to do what verse number 2 says. Then we can walk in love. Something else Jesus, as far as our example goes, he's our example on how to look out for one another. How to look out for one another. Philippians 2.4 Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You see, Jesus himself is your and my ultimate example of selfless humility. Selfless humility. Look at the Gospel of John with me, if you will. The Gospel of John. I love this passage. John chapter 13. Find verse 12. So when he had washed their feet to the feet of his disciples, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verse 16, Most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, 
nor is he who's, who is sent greater than who sent, he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Jesus also is our example on how to suffer patiently when we're mistreated. Oh, yes. You talking about Christians getting mistreated? Absolutely. Absolutely. Flip over to 1 Peter with me. Chapter 2. Verse 20. For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. That book I was talking to you about, In His Steps, that's the key verse in the whole book. Who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. By, those, by whose stripes you are healed. For you, for you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Look at verse 20 and see that last part. Commendable before God. I want us to look at that a minute. Commendable before God. And I want you to think this way with me. Think about being an employee. That is treated unjustly. That is treated poorly. You ever been there? Maybe you have. I say that to say this to us. Favor with God, being commendable before God, is found only when we accept this poor treatment with faith in God's sovereign care. Rather than, how do we want to respond? We want to bite back on it. We, we want to be angry. We want to be hostile. We want to be discontent. We want to rebel. God says no, just the opposite. Remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 11. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Folks, Christ is our example. If we're aiming to please him, and Paul instructs us to, then Christ has got to be our primary example. And then there's one last thing that I want to close with. If we are aiming to please Him, then the second thing must be obvious in our life is that the Word of God must be our guide. Turn to Psalm 19. This is where I want to close, right here. Psalm 19. Find verse 7. And here what, what the writer does here is he gives us some synonyms for the word of God. And not only does he give us synonyms for those uh, words of God and how he describes God's word, he, he, he pronounces, he gives to us what it accomplishes. Okay? 
And this is how we'll close. Verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect. God's word is perfect. Converting the soul. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We talked with the little children this morning about hearing. So we see the law is perfect. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Verse 8, the statutes of the Lord are right. In other words, God's word is right. Makes us rejoice. Makes our heart rejoice. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes, opening our eyes for us to see things the way God does. The fear of the Lord is clean and pure forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now, look at how important God's Word is. We are to desire God's Word, verse 10, more than gold, yet than much fine gold. It says that God's word is sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. So what a challenge for us. We see a description of God's word. We see the purpose of God's word. We see what it can accomplish in our life. So what are we doing with it? If it's important to us, then guess what? We're aiming in the right direction. We're aiming to please God. Because when we aim to please God, remember, remember now, Jesus has got to be our example, and the Word of God has got to be our God. So what are we aiming at? What are we depending on to guide us in our life? My prayer, my hope, is it is the Lord Jesus Christ in His Word. Pray. Father, we do thank You for Your Word today. We thank You that You showed us through several passages of Scripture today that You are our example. And not only are You our example, but Lord, You tell us in Peter that we are to walk in your steps. Lord, you tell us that your word is to be our guide. God, so many times we get mixed up and messed up and, and we're not aiming in the right direction. We're not letting you lead God and direct us. We're not letting your word lead God and direct us. And I pray, Lord God, that that we all in this congregation today will purpose in our heart to aim in a way that would be pleasing to you, to live in a way that would be pleasing to you. Lord, that's my prayer for myself, and that's my prayer for each one here today. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.